Hello, and welcome to another episode of Sermon Supplementals with me, Pastor Tom. In each new episode, we will explore a biblical idea based on the previous Sunday's Gospel reading. This week, I'm coming to you each day with an insightful exploration of the events of that day in the Holy Week timeline according to Mark's chronology. In this episode, we move toward the climax of the week with a drama-filled Maundy Thursday. So much occurs on this day that we will only pick a sliver of the story to explore. We will only focus on the Last Supper, as this is the defining act of Maundy Thursday. However, we will only focus on Mark's narrative of the Last Supper. Before we get further into Mark's record of Maundy Thursday, we note how different it is from the story of the, this day in John's Gospel. First, the dating is different. In Mark, the meal Jesus shares with his disciples is a Passover meal. In John, it is not. Rather, Thursday is the day before Passover, and the lambs to be eaten at Passover meal on Friday, on Friday evening will be killed on Friday afternoon at about the same hour that Jesus dies on the cross. The reason for John's dating seems to be theological. Jesus is the new Passover lamb. Second, the amount of space devoted to Jesus' last gathering with his disciples is very different. In Mark, nine verses only. Yet in John, five chapters. It is often called Jesus' farewell discourse in John. Third, what happens at this gathering is also very different. In Mark, followed by Matthew and Luke, Jesus speaks the words that, in slightly varying forms, have become central to the Christian celebration of the Lord's Supper, or Eucharist, or Mass, or Communion. Mark writes, This is my body. This is my blood. John, though, says nothing about this. Instead, John has the story of Jesus washing the feet of his disciples, a ritual often incorporated into Christian observance of Holy Thursday. Finally, we note that calling this day Maundy Thursday is based on John's story. Maundy derives from the Latin word mandatum, which means mandate, the new commandment that Jesus gives his followers in John 13:34. I give you a commandment that you love one another. Just as I have loved you, you also should love one another. The story of Maundy Thursday really begins with the disciples, including Judas sitting together with Jesus at the table, eating what would be called in history as the Last Supper. There are three main elements in Mark's story of the Last Supper. They eat the Passover meal together, Jesus speaks of his imminent betrayal, and then Jesus invests the bread and wine with meaning associated with his impending death. We begin with the middle element of the three, Jesus' discourse that he knows that he will be betrayed. While they were eating, Jesus says, Truly I tell you, one of you will betray me, one who is eating with me. It is one of the twelve. For the Son of Man goes as it is written of him, but woe to that one by whom the Son of Man is betrayed. It would have been better for that one to not have been born. Indeed, before the night is over, Jesus will not only have been 
betrayed by Judas, but denied by Peter, and abandoned by the rest. The theme of failed relationship continues to be central. More than half of Mark's narration of Monday, Thursday, evening, and night is devoted to the idea of the disciples betraying, denying, and abandoning Jesus. In the course of the Passover meal, Jesus shares a loaf of bread and a cup of wine with his disciples and speaks the words, often called the words of institution, that became the core of the Christian Eucharist. He took a loaf of bread, and after blessing it, he broke it, gave it to them, and said, Take, this is my body. Then he took a cup, and after giving thanks, he gave it to them, and all of them drank from it. He said to them, This is my blood of the covenant, which is poured out for many. This final meal that Jesus shared with his disciples has multiple resonances of meaning. It connects backward into the public ministry of Jesus and forward into his death and the post-Easter life of Christianity. Jesus' last supper was to be the first supper of the future. According to all the Gospels, shared meals were one of the most distinctive features of Jesus' public activity. Jesus often taught at meals. Banquets were topics of his parables, and his meals practice were often criticized by his opponents. Scribes and Pharisees aggressively asked, Why does he eat with tax collectors and sinners? The issue is that Jesus eats with the undesirables, the marginalized and outcast. In in a society in which the people with whom one shared a meal was hugely significant. Jesus' meal practice was about inclusion in a society with sharp social boundaries. It had both religious and political significance. Religious because it was done in the name of the kingdom of God. Political because it affirmed a very different vision of society. An analogy close to our time would be a religious leader in the American South prior to the anti-segregation legislation of the 1960s, holding public integrated meals and declaring, this is the kingdom of God, and the divided world that you see around you is not. But meals were not just about inclusion. They were also, and crucially, about food. The meals of Jesus were not ritual meals in which food had only or primarily symbolic meaning. They were real meals, not a morsel or a sip as in our observance of the Eucharist. For Jesus, real food, bread, mattered. In his teaching, bread symbolized the material basis of existence as in the Lord's Prayer or also known as Our Father, immediately after petition, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. It says, give us this day our daily bread. For Jesus' peasant audience, bread, enough food for the day, was one of the two central survival issues of their lives. The other was debt. The Last Supper continues and culminates in Jesus' emphasis upon meals and food as God's justice. 
As Mark narrates what Jesus did at the Last Supper, he uses four verbs, took, blessed, broke, and gave. These four key words refer us to an earlier scene concerning food in Mark, in which Jesus feeds 5,000 people with a few loaves and fishes. Taking the five loaves and two fishes, Jesus looked up to heaven and blessed and broke the loaves and gave them to his disciples to set before the people, and he divided the two fish among them all, Mark wrote in chapter 6. Note that Jesus does not bring down manna from heaven or turn stones into food like during the Exodus. He takes what is already there, the five loaves and two fishes, and when it passes through Jesus' hands, there's more than enough, much more than enough for everyone present. The point of this story is not multiplication, but distribution. The food already there is enough for all when it passes through the hands of Jesus as the incarnation of divine justice. Mark's emphasis is on a just distribution of what does not belong to us in the incident of the loaves and fishes links, therefore, to the emphasis on the loaf of bread and the cup of wine that are shared among all at the new Passover meal. Once again, Jesus distributes food already present to all who are there. A shared meal of what is already there among all those present becomes both the great sacramental symbol and the primary practical program of the kingdom movement. As a Passover meal, Jesus' Last Supper resonates with the story of the Exodus from Egypt, his people's story of their birth as a nation, a story of bondage, deliverance, and liberation. It was their primordial narrative, the most important story they knew. Passover was and is the great annual Jewish celebration of God's greatest act of deliverance. The Passover meal, the Seder, memorializes the first Passover and the Exodus by bringing it into the present. The elements of the meal embody central elements in the story, and the words make clear that the story is not simply about the past, but it is also about the present. It is not only our fathers and mothers who were Pharaoh's slaves in Egypt, but we, all of us gathered here tonight, were Pharaoh's slaves in Egypt. And it was not only our fathers and mothers who were liberated by the great and mighty hand of God, but all of us here who have been liberated by God, so says the participant of the Seder meal. For the empire of Pharaoh, substitute the Roman Empire or any other empire, and the subversive nature of this story is not too difficult to discern. Mark's story of the Last Supper leaves the connections to Passover implicit. What makes it explicit is the connection to Jesus' impending death. It does so with the words of institution, familiar to Christians because of their use at the Lord's Supper. Mark writes, He took the loaf of bread, and after blessing it, he broke it, gave it to them, and said, 
Take, this is my body. Then he took a cup, and after giving thanks, he gave it to them, and all of them drank from it. He said to them, This is my blood of the covenant, which is poured out for many. In Matthew, Luke, and Paul, the italicized words spoken over the bread and cup appear in slightly different forms. In Matthew, the words over the bread are almost identical to Mark's. Take, eat, this is my body. The words over the cup are extended and connected to forgiveness. Drink from it, all of you. This is my blood of the covenant, which is poured out for many for the forgiveness of sins. Luke's version of what is said over the bread differs more. He adds, given for you, and the theme of remembrance. This is my body, which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. Over the cup, Luke has, the cup that is poured out for you is the new covenant in my blood. Paul's account, written earlier in than any other Gospels, has the remembrance theme in both parts and is closest to Luke. This is my body that is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. This cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. The different versions indicate a degree of fluidity in how the Last Supper was remembered and celebrated. What they have all in common, however, is an emphasis on body and blood, bread and wine. Whatever connections Mark intended from the loaves and fishes meal to this bread and wine meal, there was nothing in that earlier meal that spoke of the body and blood symbolism. What then is Mark adding here that was not present before? First, the point of Jesus' meal from the loaves and fishes, ones to the bread and wine one, is to insist on shared meals as a mandate of divine justice in a world not our own. If, as God asserts in Leviticus 25:23, the land is mine, with me you are but aliens and tenants, then of course the food the land produces belongs likewise to God. If we are all tenant farmers and resident aliens on an earth not of our own, then we are also invitees and guests at a table not our own. But if, we, but if one lives for divine justice in a world that belongs to God, one will usually die a violent death from human injustice in a world that refuses recognition of such ownership. The language of body and blood points to a violent death. When a person dies non-violently, we speak of a separation of body and soul. When a person dies violently, we speak of a separation of body and blood. That is the first and basic point of Jesus' separated bread, body, and wine blood words. He does not simply take bread and wine together and says, This is my body and blood. Second, that separation of Jesus' body and blood 
by violent death is the absolutely necessary basis for another level of meaning in Mark. It would never have been possible to speak of Jesus' death as a blood sacrifice unless, first, it had been a violent execution. But, granted that fate, a correlation becomes possible between Jesus and the new Paschal Lamb and this final meal as a new Passover. The point is neither suffering nor substitution, but participation with God through gift or meal. Finally, Jesus does not merely speak of bread and wine as symbols of his body and blood. Rather, he has all of the twelve, including Judas, actually partake of the food and drink. They all participate in the bread as body and blood as wine. It is, as it were, a final attempt to bring all of them with him through the execution to resurrection, through death to new life. It is, once again, about participation in Christ and not substitution by Christ. And we, like they, are invited to travel with Jesus through the execution to resurrection. The Last Supper is about bread for the world, God's justice against human injustice, a new Passover from bondage to liberation, and participation in the path that leads through death to new life. And now go in peace and serve the poor. Thanks be to God. Amen.